Welcome to the Run for PRs podcast. This is your host, Victoria Phillippe. The Run for PRs podcast was created to give away the secrets to transform your training to reach your goals. We ask all the expert run coaches and athletes the questions that you've been dying to know the answers to. We will get the inside scoop on what really makes you the best athlete that you can be. Have you ever seen a fast runner and wonder, wow, how did they get so fast? Well, then this podcast is for you. We are going to do a deep dive to reveal the secrets to reaching your potential as a runner. The biggest training mistakes we see this time of year that lead to burnout. We have chatted a lot about the right time to start training for your fall marathons, but we haven't really gone into detail about the things that you need to avoid during this time of year. The weather is perfect outside. Spring weather is finally here. We all have stars in our eyes thinking about our fall racing season, and we're all very excited to begin our training cycle uh, for our fall races. However, doing too much too soon can lead to burnout or loss of excitement when you need it most later in the training cycle. I have with me today Jason Phillippe, who is the head cross-country and track coach at the University of Wisconsin River Falls, where he helps distance runners in the one mile through 10K. And he is also a coach here at Run for PR. So he has a lot of experience with the marathon and half marathon distance as well. Um, he has also ran several marathons himself, and so have I. And we've also coached several people to marathon PRs and first time Boston qualifiers. Um, and we just want to chat a little bit about some of the mistakes that we see people make. Maybe they come to us um, later, uh, you know, and they're telling us about past training cycles that they've had and some of the mistakes that we see um, with that and how we avoid, you know, burnout and things like that from happening again um, with their current training cycle. So Jason, tell me a little bit about some of the times that you've seen athletes come to you who have had negative experiences with, you know, burnout or doing too much too soon with a marathon training cycle. Yeah, um, I think that the biggest mistake that I've probably seen is the the athlete comes to me with you know with the um, the goal of maybe it's running a BQ or a certain time and it's usually something that's you know twenty to thirty minutes faster than where they were at currently or than their PR and so um, you know whenever we're striving to meet a goal that's significantly faster than what we've achieved we feel like we need to do something super drastic to get there right and so a lot of athletes will maybe. Um, change something about the training or just they'll up their training days to six or seven days when they're used to doing less. Um, maybe their mileage is, is heavily increased um, or they're doing the, all their runs are like way too fast. Basically, they're not allowing their body to uh, recover. Um, and then one of the other big things is just the feeling the need to do so many long, like extra long runs, um, like 320 milers or 520 milers, stuff like that. And so I think that that's one of the biggest um, things that you can be you know, just take a step back, talk to a coach, figure out like, um, wherever you were at, we want to, yes, we do want to add new stimulus, but we don't want to just completely like, um, add way too much because then that's going to lead to burnout. And so you can't just drastically change what you were doing. Um, otherwise you're setting yourself up for a negative experience. 
Right. I think that was really well said. Um, I think a lot of people, you know, they get really excited at the beginning of a marathon training cycle. They have big goals ahead of them and it's really easy to fall into the trap of, all right, my body can handle this sort of training load. Um, you know, it does it for a week. It does it for a couple of days. It does it maybe for a couple of weeks, maybe for a month or two, you know, and you maybe see some results from that. Uh, but then what ends up happening, you know, later down the line, you know, maybe it comes July, August, uh, mm-hmm you know, things start to head south, but maybe it's more, you know, it might take the form of mentally, you just don't want to do it anymore, or you don't have the motivation or whatever it may be. Um, And I know that's even happened to both of us on a personal basis and with, um, you know, Mm -hmm. athletes that we've known and people that we've, uh, you know, in the running community, I think everyone's kind of fallen into that trap before. And I think, you know, the notion um, some people had, I know we've talked about this on previous podcasts, is the peaking too soon and how the misuse of that phrase leads people to believe that they need to have shorter marathon training cycles in order not to burn out. Um, So what would you say to someone who, you know, has had the experience before where they make it halfway through their training cycle and they're just not feeling it anymore or they get burnt out, hurt, injured, um, a series of any of those things. Yeah, I mean, if that happens, it's usually um, a result of changing too many things or adding too many, you know, different stimuluses to the training. Um, Maybe they tried increasing mileage and then also increasing, um, you know, the amount of workouts they were doing per week or just like the duration spent training in certain zones, like more minutes at marathon pace or threshold. And so, you know, when you start adding all those things together that can be a recipe for disaster so i think that that's one thing that we want to think about is um you know you want to come in with somewhat of a base before you start your training cycle but if you are already like adding so much to your base that's not necessarily a good thing so you really want it to be a slow progression and build up over time um and then we can just slowly start to add one new stimulus you know per week or per every two weeks or whatever during your marathon training cycle because we don't want to be bumping up um, you know, increasing your long run the same time we're increasing like the amount of workouts per week, for example, because your, your body's going to need time to adapt, but also recover from those, those hard training sessions. So, um, we definitely want to make sure that, you know, an athlete progresses appropriately because it's usually at least a 16 week training cycle. And so, like you said, you may get to week six, week eight, week 10, whenever, and start to feel, um, mentally run down where there might start to be physically, you might start to see some problems too, like things flare up and then that sets you back. So then your training isn't as good for the next few weeks. And so that's a common thing I've seen too in the past. Um, and I think that, you know, we all want to do more. Well, let's focus that energy into the little things that we can do then, um, to take care of our our bodies (coughs) so that we can handle more. Right. I think it's, it's just really important to understand that, you know, it is a, it's a long training cycle, right? Like four months, that's a long time. And for people listening, you know, it's the beginning of summer, you still have a really long time until your goal marathon race. So it's really important to assess kind of where you're at right now. How are you feeling and how should you be feeling? Right. So if this is June and you're feeling challenged, I would like you to maybe take a step back. Cause I don't think that's what, um, you need to be feeling right now. I think this should be easy. I think that most people should feel like they're ready to ramp up right now. I don't think it should feel, you shouldn't be feeling like you're in the middle of peak training. And I think most people think, you know, you got to sustain like a certain level of effort the entire time and just go, go, go. Um, you know, someone I've, I've heard it all, right? Like I've heard everything in the book. Um, and it's just really important to understand the, the base training phase of, 
a marathon training cycle is really important and you're not going to get into, you know, that peak training for a while. So, you know, if you're feeling a little bored at the beginning of a training cycle, that's actually a good thing. Um, it's good to not feel like you're, you know, I, I have a lot of feedback sometimes that, you know, the beginning of the cycle, oh, can I do more? Can I do more? And it's like, everyone wants to do more at the beginning. Mm-hmm. No one asks to do more when they're in the middle, you know? So that's, there's a reason for that. It's because the progressive overload principle, you have to start um, small and progressively build. We don't want to start with a heavy load because if you carry the load too heavy for too long, you're not going to get the results that you want on race day. Um, You're going to need a break. You're going to ask, hey, can someone take this weighted backpack off? I've been carrying it around for way too long, right? So we want to start with, you know, a light load and slowly increase it so that you're building strength along the way. You know, I always think about it. If someone was going to ask you to go on a very long hike and they, they give you a big, big backpack and they put a ton of bricks in it and they're like, okay, go. Um, you, you actually, it's better to start with a small load and slowly increase it, um, than to, you know, Oh, here's your huge load. And then like slowly take bricks out. doesn't make sense. You really want to do the progressive overload principle. We've done an entire podcast on what that is and how you can implement that in your training. But I think, you know, some of the biggest mistakes where I see things is obviously people want the challenge right away. They want to feel like they're really pushing themselves to the max. But another thing that people really want to do is they want to have like those super challenging workouts right away and they also want to have those long runs right away so what should a long run look like you know at this point you know 16 weeks out from a goal marathon where do you think most people should be at for long runs is it individual for each person and how do you really know where to start yeah it could be very individual it's going to depend on you know how experienced you are of a marathon or half marathon or what your weekly uh, volume looks like during your off season and during your base building Uh, most people are going to try to at least maintain uh you know a long run each week or every other week of about over an hour so i would assume most people are eight to ten miles for a long run and if you come into a, a marathon training cycle you know having that under your belt consistently um I think that sets you up to start at around 11. You don't need to go much higher than that, 11, 12. Um, but if you were constantly doing 12, 13 mile long runs, um, you know, and you come into a marathon cycle, I think we've got to be careful not to just bump up to 15, 16 too early because that can set you up for uh, burnout or injury as well. So I think I think that's a good spot to be in. 16 weeks is a long time. Um, and, you know, whether, depending on your, your background, I may look to do, um, maybe every other week is kind of a longer run, or I might do like a two week build before we have a cutback. Some runners like a three week build. It's really just going to depend on your, um, your history, you know, in terms of staying healthy and how many marathons you've done. But I like to always start usually about basically where they're at, um, for their first long run. So whatever their longest run was, um, that's probably where we're going to start We 16 weeks out from a marathon. I'm not going to really jump them up too much yet. Right. Yeah. You know, that long run, that can be a tricky thing and, and playing the whole comparison trap. But I think what you were saying is really good. You know, you kind of want to start where you're at, right? So one way that you can figure out how how long your long run should be, you don't want your long run to be more than 30% of your weekly mileage, you know? So if you're, if you're running 30 miles a week, like let's start with the 10 mile long run. Um, you know, and there's variations in there. Some people, they cross train more, you know, some people, they just, they can't get their mileage that high. So obviously there's going to be some breaking of the rules there, but I like to use that as a guide. 
you know, if you're running 40 miles a week, you know, we're going to up it to around 13 is your longest run, um, that sort of thing. So that can give you a a good guide of where your long run should be at based on your weekly mileage. So you want to be at about 30%, no more than that. Um, and that's just going to be individual to each person. So I think one of the biggest challenges is, you know, looking at friends, looking at other people who are training for the same race as you. And I know a really big one, um, for me personally was definitely, you know, the Boston marathon training because you, you train for so long, you you qualify for the race, you're in it, you know, it's, it's like a five-year process for some people to finally get into that race. Um, and then when you start training for it, uh, it's the middle of winter, it's kind of boring and you're following other people on social media or on Strava who've done this race, you know. A million times and and you look to them kind of as like a guide almost or you, you look to them as like oh they've done this before they know what they're doing um and then you see them running you know 20 20 milers when they're five weeks or five months out um so i guess i think that's the biggest thing there is is just understanding not to always look at other people and and do what works best for you um some people that's just how they train and they can get away with that and they're not even necessarily training to run to their potential they're just training because you know, for life or for whatever reason, um, just because someone's doing it doesn't mean it's the correct way to do it. Um, I'm definitely in the camp of most people probably don't even need to run 20 miles before a marathon training cycle. I mean, if you look at Hanson's method, the most that they're ever going is 16 miles. So I think just being aware that there is no magic in the 20. And I think a lot of, you know, beginner marathoners or intermediate, they get really caught up in that 20 mile long run. And they really want to do 20 or more 20s or a bunch of 20s. And they think that the quality of their marathon training cycle is defined by that 20 and how soon they can reach that 20 mile mark um, in their training. So they're like, oh, if I can, you know, hit 20 miles like four months out, then I'll be in super good shape for the marathon. Um, it definitely doesn't work that way. There's a lot of other factors involved. So I would say, you know, if you're feeling like the urge to, to push and to get to those longer runs right away, probably a red flag. You're just going to want to kind of step back a little bit and kind of assess where you're at unless you're running, you know, 60 miles a week already, I don't really think you need to be in that uh, 18 plus long run range. Uh, It just depends on who you are, right? So we're friends with people who are close to qualifying for the Olympic trials. Their train's going to look a little bit different than someone who is hoping to break four hours in the marathon. So, you know, uh, Megan Roth, she has qualified for the Olympic trials. She ran in the trials this year. Uh, she, she does a lot of 20 milers. And so some people might look to her because, you know, she's a coach, right? And so she knows what she's doing. You go to her social media, you see she's running 20 miles all the time, 18 to 20 all the time. But the fact of the matter is her running 20 miles takes her about mm, two hours, 15 minutes. So I would say to you, how long, how far do you run in two hours in 15 minutes? Right? So first of all, don't ever compare. But if you are going to compare, at least do it fair. Um, because really, these people are only out there for like a little over two hours doing these 18, 20 mile long runs. Um, but also that being said, you shouldn't be training like someone who's qualifying for the Olympic trials or whose goal is to break three if <clears throat> you know, you're not even in, in the realm of that. And even to be said, you know, Coach Megan, maybe she does a ton of 20 milers because she knows that that will help her there might be a different philosophy out there for someone else that works for them and they also have the same goal but they're doing a lot more of like the 14 15 mile long runs um there isn't a right or a wrong way to do it it's just different right so i think it's just really important to understand that and i know a lot of people look to elites to see kind of how they train and they want to translate their training um in some way and shape it based on the elites so jason have you ever gotten caught up personally in that sort of mindset where you have to do a bunch of 20 mile or long runs and how did it end up for you 
Yeah, I mean, I definitely did think that I needed to do at least like three runs over 1718. So I knew that I needed to run more than 120 usually. Um, and, you know, I ended up getting hurt before my first marathon. I couldn't even get to the start line because I did a 20 mile race. I took it way too fast. Um, I think I did another like 18 mile run right before that. So I was just fried after that. Um, so I think that for me, I, I realized like, hey, I need to I need to listen to my body and do what I think I need and not what I think um, other people are doing. So that was something that it took me a few tries to get it right. But typically I'll only do one 20 mile run and then I might do like one or two 16s. I may sneak a 17 or 18 in there, but that's that's about it. I'll do a lot more like quality, like 13, 14 mile runs where I incorporate maybe some marathon pace work in. So I feel like I can get just as good of a, a, uh, a workout in and, and that's going to really help improve my fitness than just going out and running 20 miles or whatever. So I, for me, I think that, um, though I, I look more at the workouts and not so much like the total distance or, you know, the volume of, of each week. So I don't even really care about the over mileage because each week's going to differ depending on, um, how quick you're recovering from, from workouts and stuff. So, um, I think you, like you said, you have to do what's, what's best for you and don't try to compare yourself to other runners. Um, especially the, the distancing, because that you made a really good point about the time that you're spending out there. Um, and I, I struggle with that sometimes as I'm helping my athletes prepare for their marathons, like, okay, what we don't really need to run 19 or 20 miles because, um, you're going to be out there for four, four hours doing that. You know, if someone's goal is to run like a five hour, five and a half hour marathon, it would take them quite a while to run 20 miles. So we may do two long runs, semi-long runs back to back or something where I might do like an eight and a 15 or something, um, or a 10 and a 14. So that's kind of a way we can try to get them ready for that, that distance. But I mean, you have to know that on race day, everything's going to be different. I mean, you're, you're just going to have that extra adrenaline you need. If your goal is just to finish the marathon, um, you know, you could definitely do it if you ran 16 miles. I, I a hundred percent believe that. So. Yeah, I think that's a really good point. I know on previous podcasts, we kind of brought up the whole 100 mile altar people. So 100 milers, that's people who run, you know, hundred miles in one race. I have followed the logs of many people who have finished these things successfully and done them, you know, in, in a, a reputable time. Uh, most people never alone run more than about 30 miles at once. Um, and usually they only do that about one time. Um, it, it's crazy. It's amazing. Um, the human body's capable of a lot, but I think the biggest takeaway from looking at some of those ultra training plans and, and how most people train for them, um, is understanding that there's more than one way to build endurance. And after a certain point, um, it, it becomes mental, right? So, you know, I have been told by, you know, a lot of my friends who are hundred mile finishers that if you can run a marathon, you can run 50 miles. And I thought, well, that's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. Right. Um, but there is some truth to that. I, I have never done a 50 miler, but I've done a 50 K and I can tell you that, you know, once you get to a certain point, it's like, it's the same thing. Um, and that point tends to be, you know, if you can run for two hours, you, you can, you can keep going, right? Like once you've built endurance to a certain point, it's like your body just, it, it knows how to do it. Um, and it's, it's pretty incredible and amazing. Um, but the physiological adaptation is just, you really have to make sure you're going in that right aerobic zone. Um, I think the biggest problem people see when they, they just start getting nervous, they're like, well, I can't keep going. It's because you're going too fast. Um, you can't run in an anaerobic zone 
for longer than, you know, 90 minutes to two hours. So you gotta, you gotta go really, really slow. And most people are not physically or mentally able to slow down that much to really see what their potential is. Um, when we're talking about going the distance, right? So when I do my long runs leading up to a marathon, um, unless they have workouts in them, I'm going two plus minutes per mile slower than my marathon pace or not my, my, uh, 5k pace, um, at least. And so it's just really important to understand kind of the aerobic zones and the aerobic fitness that you're trying to gain is, um, improved when you're running at a slow pace. And a lot of people, they get scared about going the distance because they never have given themselves a chance to run at a slow enough pace where they can feel like they can keep going. So I think that's a huge factor that a lot of people need to take into consideration when they are, you know, coming up with their marathon training plan, um, is making sure that you are going slow enough, um, on those long runs and those easy days so that you can build the endurance that you need. Um, you know, I, I've fallen victim to the trap of doing too many 20 mile long runs. Um, but I think the biggest problem that I see with, you know, intermediate to novice runners, uh, would be, and even, you know, advanced runners, uh, is leaving a race in a workout. So if you're trying to run a certain marathon time, it can be very tempting to go out and do, you know, 16, 20 miles at that pace because you're like, well, how do I know I'm going to be able to do it on a race day if I don't do it in a long run? Um, and that sort of mindset will set some people up for failure. Have you ever seen someone do that? Have you ever seen someone have a lot better training runs than their marathon? And kind of how do you reverse that? Um, yeah, I think that, you know, a common theme would be seen and it, it doesn't just occur on like one long run. It may just be across a board. Like they're just constantly running too fast. Normally people, if they're disciplined enough to run easy enough on their slow days, they're going to run at least within the realm of the paces that they should be during their long runs. So, um, I think that where we see, where I see the biggest mistake is just someone who's just kind of always running too fast and, uh, it can start to take a toll on you. You definitely, like you said, you don't need to prove yourself anything during your long runs. Like you don't need to run so many miles at that pace. Um, our job as coaches is to help coach you to prepare you to run that pace on race day. So we may incorporate that and mix those those marathon pace workouts into your training program. Um, and there may be long runs where, you know, you're doing six, eight miles at that marathon pace, but it may not be all in a row. It may be spread out. Um, it may be the last half of the long run. It just, it really is going to depend. We're going to give you that variety to help give you kind of that confidence. And so you don't need to just go out, especially if the goal is just to spend time on your feet and run, you know, 15 miles, let's say it's, I don't know, two and a half hours or no, let's say it's sorry, an hour and 45 minutes roughly or two hours. Um, you know, the goal is just to spend time on your feet and, and to run easy. You don't need to go out there and run your marathon pace because you may not recover from that for a while. And then that's going to affect how the next workout goes a few days later. And so I'm really, um, you know, one of the, one thing I really try to do is specify in the long runs is like the workouts or a long run where it may incorporate faster than easy pace versus um, this is really an easy run and you need to go slow. So I really try to make sure athletes know you know, when it's time to, uh, open things up a bit with their pace, but otherwise for the most part, long runs are going to be at that easy pace. Um, and then, yeah, so I think that that's, it's really something that's overlooked. Um, I think most people, even, 
you know, even the elites, I think about the book I read recently, they did the most miles they did at their marathon pace was probably 17 to 18. And that's, that's elites. So most, most people, I would say sub elites would probably do about a, a half marathon would be the goal. So I think that that is telling that, okay, we, you know, if we do a half marathon, it's usually part of a race. Maybe it's six weeks before our half or before our marathon rather, um, or four weeks before something like that. That's a different story. If you go into it with that purpose of this is my, one of my a workouts for my cycle. Um, but you shouldn't go out every long run and try to hit marathon pace. That's definitely a, a no, no. Yeah, I think that that's a really good word of advice. I know it's, you know, easier said than done, obviously, Um, you know, but following looking, you know, what do elites do? What does, you know, what makes sense? And physiologically, you know, running at that easy pace, there's so many benefits there. And I think the biggest takeaway here is having workouts where you're running faster than marathon pace and then having obviously the easy days where you're running slower than you want to have a wide range there. And, you know, if you're fit and you're doing those killer workouts that are indicating like the fitness is there, there's really not a need to like go out and hammer 16 miles at marathon pace, right? Uh, but I think, you know, sometimes you see these workouts and it can be really tempting to like test your fitness because if you out there and maybe you failed to reach it before, um, I'll share an example, me gearing up for California International Marathon in 2018, um, I was, you know, I had an infant um, at the time when I decided to run the race. I was about seven months after giving birth. Um, and I wanted to go after a marathon PR, which I hadn't done in three, three and a half, four years. Um, and I really just, I really wanted that time and I knew I could do it. And so when I started training for it, like I, I started all right, like the beginning wasn't bad, but kind of towards the middle, I knew I was in shape and I knew I could, you know, run fast. And so I kind of got in this mindset of, okay, I want to do like these workouts that prove to myself that I'm really in the shape that I am. Um, so I would kind of get in like this habit of, you know, when I was following a plan, I was, I was doing what it said, but at the same time, I think I was pushing it just a little bit more than I needed to. And that five seconds per mile, that 10 seconds per mile, um, over a series of months in October and November, um, I think took a toll on me. I, I felt really great while I was doing it. Um, I was doing the fastest workout times I've ever ran in my life. Um, I was having great workouts. I was doing like hitting all my paces for the most part. And I felt like I was in incredible shape. Um, and then kind of towards November, like around peak time, I felt like I was peaking. Um, but I do actually recall a series of like two or three weeks where like I was having the best workouts of my life. Um, and I just, I was really pushing myself cause I thought like I was reaching this new level, um, whatever. So anyways, I taper, I go to race day and just like literally off the bat, like the gun went off and I just felt, I like didn't feel myself. Like I was like, well, this first mile is hard. The second mile is hard. The third mile, like the whole time it was just like, oof, I didn't feel 100%. I never felt as good as I did during that peak training. And so what that told me, I mean, I knew this during the race is that I had left my race in the workouts that I did during my peak training, which was disappointing to come to that realization on race day. Um, and it could have been a number of things. I mean, maybe that wasn't exactly what it was, but I think if I were to be able to go back, I wouldn't have pushed myself as hard in those workouts I wouldn't have done as many 20 miles I wouldn't have gone so deep in the well because 
I really was pushing it and I felt so good. And it's really hard when you're like caught up in that euphoria of like having a great training cycle to say, you know what, am I doing a little bit too much here? Like, am I really only giving my workouts like 80% effort or am I really like racing them? And there's, there's a fine line there. Um, and you know, as many people know, like I ran like, okay at CIM, I, I still PR'd. Um, I ran a 313. Uh, I positive split by like three or four minutes. So it wasn't like a terrible race, but it was really difficult. Those final miles, like just mentally, physically, all of the things and, and knowing that, you know, ah, if I just would have just backed off a little bit, I think I would feel so much better right now. And so the moral of the story is, you know, in the moment, in your training cycle, you're going to have times where you feel really, really good and you want to push it. You want to test, you want to see where your fitness is at. And that's what I did when I was training for CIM and, and I did push it and I did prove to myself what sort of fitness I was in. And I was so confident going to race day. Um, but then on race day, you know, the confidence, it was there, but I didn't have like the physical ability because I had almost, you know, burnt myself out. I was a little bit like on that burnt outside on race day. Um, I wasn't totally burnt out, but it's like, I wasn't able to run to the potential that I could have because I was being too show offy with my workouts, I think, to myself um, during the training cycle, which is something that I think happens to a lot of athletes. And, you know, maybe you're, you're kind of relating to this. And I think, you know, that can be just really challenging in general, because a lot of times we love the training, you know, like, that's why we train for the marathon. That's why we do all of this stuff so that we can have those killer training runs where we feel like amazing afterwards. Um, and so for me, it's always hard balance between, you know, why do I do the marathon? I, I just love the training so much that it's so hard for me not to do that in training. It's so hard for me. Um, cause I'm just, I love training. And so to be able to hold myself back for that many months, it's like, oof, I really, I really have to really want to do a marathon, like 100%. Otherwise I'm just going to be too caught up in, you know, doing my workouts and doing whatever. Um, so that's why I think it really takes a level of commitment when you want to run a certain time in the marathon. And, you know, it just goes to show like everyone has their struggles with, you know, training and, uh, no matter who you are, there's always something that you can work on and take away from this. So, you know, if you're having doubts, like, about maybe what you're you're training for, you're not 100% all in. Um, it's okay. You can always change what you want to do, but hopefully, you know, there's something of value you can take away from some of these stories. So, Jason, have you ever had a time where you kind of like burnt out or did too much, um, or just kind of wish that maybe you did less and it would have given you more? Um, I think that there, you know, because I've been sort of an injury prone runner, I've never really gotten to stay completely healthy during a training cycle where, you know, I was, I was actually able to do more than I wanted to. I've always kind of made sure I've done less to keep myself healthy. Um, otherwise I've had setbacks, but there have been times where I wish I would have done, um, yeah, I guess I, there, I wish I would have done a little bit less in terms of like the workouts and maybe focus more on just running more, my, more running more easy miles because I do feel like some of the workouts I've done, and this isn't pertaining to like a marathon, but more or less like a shorter race. I just feel like I was hitting too many, um, you know, too many red line workouts and then I wasn't feeling great on race day. So I think that that's common for any distance really. Um, you know, you want to train at a certain kind of percentage of your, of your threshold, but also your effort level on a daily basis. And so 
just being careful and, and really being consistent, I think, is the, is the number one thing you can do, um, especially as you move into a training cycle. Like, we're just slowly adding something different. We're not going to just drastically change something just because then um, that could have a, you know, kind of a drastic effect. And, um, you know, like your, your story is, and I remember thinking back to that fall is basically what you did is your marathon cycle became longer because you, you were just so eager to start it. You know, as soon as the temperature started dropping here in the fall in, in the Midwest, it was, you know, early September, you still had, I mean, three, three months at least till the CIM. And we're not used to waiting that long for a fall marathon. We're used to getting to go in early October. So I think that that was one reason um, you know, you basically had to hold that, that high level of fitness for so long. And, and, um, I remember you coming back from certain workouts and just being so excited because you were, you'd crush it. And, and, um, I think for, for some people that, you know, have a marathon on the calendar, it's best to really set that date of like when your marathon training is going to start. Don't start too soon because your cycle could turn from 16 weeks to 20 or 24 weeks because you start wanting to do too many long tempos or too many long runs, you know, over 10 or 12 miles too soon. So hopefully that, you know, those are some good reminders for you. And um, I always like um, focusing on, on something different before your marathon cycle. So focusing on speed, lowering your mileage a bit, it's a good change of pace to make you faster. Um, and then we're going to slowly build up, you know, no more than like 5% increases from week to week in terms of your mileage. Yeah, I think those are all really good tips. And there's just certain things to look out for. Like you were saying, you know, our winter kind of starts when my taper was. And so it's just like figuring out, you know, the right, you know, there's so many factors that can go into a training cycle and figuring out um, what will work best for you. You know, maybe you're in Florida, so it's better to have a marathon that's, you know, in January or December so you can really train when the temperatures are cooler. Um, and for people in, you know, Minnesota, it, it can be difficult to train for a marathon when you have to deal with those winter months. And, uh, there's obviously signs and stuff of, of burnout and doing too much. And in retrospect, you know, looking back on my CIM training cycle 2018, um, they started appearing about like three weeks before the race. They're very subtle. And so you could just like chalk it up to like, well, you know, it could have just been an off day, but it, it ended up being where it's like, I would do a workout and like, I wouldn't feel as great as I did previously, or like my paces would be like five seconds per mile slower, or like I'd get to the end of a long run um, and just feel flat or like just feel like I need to cut it short. Um, there's a lot of things where you can see it retroactively, but when you're in the moment, it can be easy to cover it up with excuses. So I think it's just important to kind of leaving um, like a journal, keeping some sort of journal of your training and sticking to the plan. So like not being tempted to like add on. So if it says, you know, to do 12 miles as your long run, you don't need to like change it because you see what someone else is doing or you're worried and you, you just want to like see how far you can go. Just stick to what the plan says, even if it feels too easy, um, because I think that's where it started for me. It's like I would see the plan, I would do it, and then like the next time I'd be like, well, you know, like that whole last week was a little bit too easy. So if I just add like one more mile to my long run, like that'll be no big deal. And then it just it's like a cascading domino effect of like you change one thing, so you start changing more things and you know, or you start playing with the plan and, and you change one thing and you're like, well, now I can do more of this. It, it's just, you got to really be careful about what you're doing. And I think, 
you know, a lot can be said for picking a plan that's a little bit boring at the beginning um, so that you feel like you peak at the right time and, and also holding yourself accountable. So it's not always, you know, the plan that you're using. It can be how you're executing that plan. So for me, um, I had a great plan that I was using for that training cycle, but for me, I wasn't executing it appropriately. So, you know, going 10 seconds per mile too fast in a long run, um, is, you know, an issue. Or if you add a race in that wasn't in the training plan, you know, like smack dab in between two 20 milers, you, you have to make adjustments there. Um, because that training plan, it wasn't made for you to do a race plus two 20 milers back to back weekends. You have to edit, um, you have to like take things into consideration. So just being really mindful of those things and then how you execute is also extremely important. So hopefully this was a good, uh, you know, reminder kickoff call just to kind of focus on the week that you're in and take the training progressively one week at a time. It's okay for things to feel boring right now, um, but over time it will hopefully get more challenging and exciting. So I hope that this was beneficial and that you were able to learn something from this and take it with you into your marathon training cycle this fall. If you ever have any questions or you want to try um, run for PRs out for a week, um, we would love to have you on for a seven-day free trial. You can visit our website at www.runforprs.co and fill out the form on our website. Um, we can chat a little bit more and get you set up right away.